Welcome to episode 14 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me and X-Men, the animated series weekly recap podcast. I am JC, and this was an interesting episode from a timing perspective. Yeah, he, you texted me about this when you're like, have you watched this yet? And like, you know me, I'll watch this half an hour before I show up at your place because I'll forget it. And who are you? I'm Rod. You can find music hopefully on Spotify. I say that with a question mark because I recently just switched distributors and I'm old and don't know how things work. But by the time you listen to this, there should be shit up on there. Cyclops is Waiting For Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode, even the uncomfortable ones like today's, of the original 1992 X-Men the Animated Series in the original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97 coming in Disney Plus in 2023. Some quick reminders. We are a recap show about a series that came out 29 years ago. There will be spoilers. And if you don't want it spoiled for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode on Disney Plus, and then come back. And we're gonna do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes that we have not covered yet. Speaking of Disney Plus and me just shouting them out, we're not actually affiliated with them or sponsored by them in any way, shape, or form. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and probably TikTok, because I keep committing to that. Yep. And of course, make you sure- You just keep extending this by a week every <laughs> yeah. time by mentioning it. And of course, make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services, which by the information we're getting is probably Apple Podcasts. So hello, Apple Podcast listeners. And finally, we record these episodes in batches right now. So if we're reacting to any news about the upcoming series, we're probably a few weeks behind. But as of right now, besides a new Gene action figure that nobody likes the design of, there's not really any new news. But I still pre-ordered it. Yes, most people probably still pre-ordered yep. it. It comes in a cool VHS case. Today, we're going to be talking about season two, episode four, titled Red Dawn. And there is my mistake in the show notes because I put parentheses, number and title instead of removing those. It aired originally on November 13th, 1993, and currently sits at a 7.3 star rating on IMDb. One additional disclosure before we get started. We are recording this episode on March 26, 2022. At this time, Russian forces are still actively attacking and invading the Ukraine. We mentioned this as we know the podcast episode won't go live for another month or so, and the state of the world may be very different at the time. In discussing this episode, we're only going to be referencing Russia in the context of the story and the state of the former Soviet Union in the 1990s. It is fairly impossible for us to record this episode without acknowledging how the current events may be somewhat reminiscent of it, but we will continue to support those in the Ukraine who are fighting for their homeland and fighting to return to peace right now. So like Rod was mentioning at the start, there was just a really awkward timing for this. You know, this is a, a show that we, we love, and unfortunately, there are moments that are a little too close to home right now in this one, so we're going to treat those with the utmost respect and focus solely on the show and and not tie it too too much into what's going on in the world yeah so. we're not ignoring the parallels because they're pretty obvious yeah they are there and when we get into that moment there's no way for us to not see them happening yeah. so episode kicks off in the savage land xavier and magneto are washing up on the shore you know there's there's this moment between xavier and magneto where Magneto acknowledges it's a little weird for him that Xavier pulls him out of the water. Mm -hmm. And he basically says, you know, it would probably be easier for you if my life were to end. Which is a more mature response for Magneto than most of my past relationships. I'm just going to say, like, even Magneto's like, you know, your life would be easier if I wasn't here. I'm like, life would be easier if more people acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah. But I think that is a great example of showcasing 
the different mentalities of the two characters because Professor X is is not the one to jump to violence. And, and I don't believe Professor X is looking for the easy solution, but that gets interrupted by a T-Rex attacking. Yeah, it's so cool. So we have this T-Rex who is chasing them and they happen to be in an area surrounded by geysers. And this is where one of Magneto's strengths comes out where he's a tactician, essentially. Xavier is very much a figurehead, whereas Magneto, you could tell, doesn't have issue getting his hands dirty and can think on the fly in a combat situation in the moment. And he basically tries to keep as much difference between him, Xavier, and the T-Rex as possible, trying to get the T-Rex to like lurch over the geyser. And it gets rewarded with a big, like steaming bunch of, of, of water in the face. So. Yeah, it is, and it does, he actually throws a rock at the T-Rex. He does throw a rock at it. Professor Xavier's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, like why, you're just pissing it off. Why would you, why, why are you pissing off the giant screaming lizard? Yeah, and then we, this is a weird note. I said, cut to the Soviet, former Soviet Union. Oof. So it reveals the some shadowy scientists are activating, which we know from the silhouette as Omega Red, and also kind of unleashing war and tanks and stuff on some small villages yeah, and towns. Yeah, there, there's these red droids. They, they appear to be soldiers that are attacking a city, and you see this shadowy figure breaking out of, of a cell, living weapon, and there was the, the phrasing of the empire shall live. So you have a character who, Rod, do you know who that character is? She or another one of the characters said their name almost immediately. So I know just because of that Dark Star. And do you know who Dark Star is? Not at all. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Dark Star in the comics is a member of the Winter Guard, which is essentially the Russian version of the Avengers. Okay. Yep. You know, and what we're going to see in literally our next episode is various countries have formed their own super teams. Dark Star, a member of the Russian one, informing General that the, the weapon is free and they are ready for the first stage of a takeover, specifically with a focus of returning former sovereign nations to restore the Union. Cutting back to America, we see Jubilee. She's at the, basically the equivalent of like a, a 7-Eleven. And she's skateboarding because it's the 90s. It is the 90s and she is the 90s. <laughs> what, what, what's your phrase for her? It was because she, she said in an early episode, do mall babes eat chili fries? Yep, mall babies. Yep. <laughs> yep. And she kind of stumbles on the Friends of Humanity, who if you've been tuning in, know that they're not very much friends of anybody, yep. are attacking a... Specifically an Indian store owner of the convenience store. So like there's like multiple frauds of bigotry happening. Yep. And Jubilee jumps in for the save and starts to get into a little bit of a tussle with the Friends of Humanity. And it's interesting that they didn't recognize her because I know that there's probably different chapters and stuff, but they were she was drug out in front of the stage at a giant rally. But there wasn't the Internet then. Okay. Remember, (laughs) the show was written in the pre-Internet days. Yeah. So... It, they didn't have magazines with Jubilee's picture yeah. in it. And no Facebook groups. Or exactly. <laughs> but Colossus shows up. We haven't seen Colossus since the middle of season one after he had... Colossus in season one decided to not join the X-Men because he was going on a search for his sister. And we, it, actually, we actually get a little bit of a conflict on his story in this episode because of that. I, that was my question because in the first season... He's at the X-Mansion, which is in New York, we've established. That's in America, yes. if anyone's not clear on that for whatever reason. Yeah, and he's like, I'm looking for my sister, heavily implying that he came to America looking for his sister. Right. So that's the last time we saw him, and now he's barging in in this convenience store because he's 
going to rescue Jubilee. Yep. And he is there because he needs help. And he specifically mentions Omega Red as somebody that he would need help against. Jubilee doesn't reach out to anybody because, again, pre-cell phone era. Yeah. <laughs> so she leaves a note. On the fridge. If there's anyone that was born in a time that you don't know why this makes sense, just know that this is probably the most common communication between kids and parents or any adult figures in your life. Yeah, you didn't send a text message. You left a post-it note just like on the fridge. And you just let your guardians be afraid until they saw you next <laughs> or relieved, depending on what kind of kid you were. Yeah, and then you get screamed at and you were told you can't go out again. And that was a whole thing. And they do establish at that time that the reason no one's home is that Gina and Scott and Beast are in D.C. testifying to Congress, probably for some mess that is happening with all the mutant versus human stuff. And we go back to the the former Soviet Union. We're not quite clear on exactly the location. We just know it's some area that they're trying to reclaim. Yeah, we know that it's it's one of the former Soviet states. And there's a parliament meeting happening and Omega Red kind of busts in and is attempts to assassinate the parliament leader. Also, did you notice in the design, there was literally like one of the characters who had the thin Stalin or more Hitler-esque mustache too. Yeah, they weren't going for subtlety in the no, representation. There was, there. It was definitely, it was it was an odd choice to, to see the character in there. But, you know, obviously they, they won fairly quickly and because there's no there's no military presence there. But Darkstar has to stop Omega Red, you know, from basically just murdering these 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 people. And Omega Red kind of like starts to give the assertion that it's more than just him being a weapon of the the Russian military. It is him kind of asserting that it's going to be his iron hand that Mm -hmm. is going to lead Russia into the future. Because if there's something that people with power never seem to learn from history is that is never enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I do like how the parliament leaders are like, you can't be in here. We're in the middle of a meeting. It's like, like that was going to be the thing. Yeah, to that stop was going to stop. Him. Yeah. <laughs> and Colossus finds everything's in ruins and eventually makes it back to his, what we find out is his home. Yep. It's destroyed. And then he starts having flashbacks. And this yeah, is where had- the incontinuities start happening. Yeah. So he, he has the flashbacks where, you know, he utilized his power to stop his sister being crushed by like a tractor or yeah, something like a that. A rogue tractor. Yeah, it was a it was a rogue tractor that they was, never revisit. That was owned by the state. That was that was kind that was of interesting, like interesting. Yeah. Well that's the whole thing. Is yeah. You within the communist country. Yeah. You, you know he shared those resources. Right. And- but he acknowledges, you know, he decided it would be better for him to leave than have the wrath of kind of like the closed minded bigotry of of that area brought upon his family. Because he knew that any damage to Soviet property would be met with like unmentionable consequences, and also the fact that he was oh a mutant, he yeah. was a mutant too. Because he, he had, yeah, that was something. When he stopped the tractor, he went like full metal form, yep. and then stopped the tractor. But also, I remember when the first episode that we met Colossus and Juggernaut, we were like, I don't know if Ileana ever comes back up again. Well, here's our answer. Yep, and that's where we say there is a a continuity break in his story because apparently. Ileana has not left, you Wherever know, the country. Is, yeah. Yep. Um, or she had, like, you know, a semester in America. She's Just like eight, fun. dude. <laughs> I don't know how things work. Yeah. I don't know how old kids are anymore. But he does find his sister who had hidden, and she basically, mm-hmm. like, lets him know that, you know, a bunch of people have been captured and, and such, and, and they need help. We come back, and Wolverine sees the note and proceeds to crumble it up and throw it on the floor after he recognizes the name Omega Red on it. Yeah. He's letting his emotions get to him. He's like, well, all right. 
No, he doesn't leave a note. He no, he leaves it on the ground. Yeah, no, but I mean, he doesn't leave a note himself. Well, he could have just people. not crumpled, crumpled up the, yeah. her note. So he he gets in, you know. And we, we make assumptions about supersonic flight and all stuff like yeah, that. Teleportation. Everybody yeah. teleports. Everybody can teleport. So they attack, they being Jubilee, who, by the way, did you notice Jubilee? Not in her normal, I she did. was in like ski gear, essentially. I was wondering about that because when her and Colossus were in the jet thing, she was in like a different jacket. And she also was in like, uh, it was like white and pink. Like it looked like ski pants, to be fair. You know, anytime Jubilee travels on the show, she has a new outfit. Yeah. I think she's established that. Also, it is fairly cold in the area they were going. So it makes sense. That's probably more of why. So they attack the base. And, and Rod, I know you wanted to talk about the, the base attack and tanks and, and such. These tanks show up and apparently in this future, or it's not even the future, this is still the 90s, the the, the tanks have lasers? Is that, I'm assuming that's either both or one or the other of, of like sensors of a this children's show. This is standards show. and practices. But also, it's probably just cooler for kids to see lasers, you know, versus like blurs of bullets and stuff, or not, what do come out of tanks? Like shells, sh- sir. Yeah, that I would not survive in a war no, or a zombie apocalypse. I lose my glasses. Nature will take me. Yep. But yeah, it, it was cool, almost futuristic image projected from the 90s of like, yeah, these tanks they have lasers. Everything has lasers. Everything has lasers. <laughs> so as that attack is happening, they start saving people from behind. Omega Red shows up and ends up grabbing Ileana. And then we get a save from Wolverine. And this was... The first time we saw a little bit of Omega Red's powers kind of come into play, right? Yeah, because he 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 grabs Ileana with his coils and starts to drain her, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then when Wolverine shows up and they start fighting, when Wolverine hits him with his claws and it hits the coils, it gives you the impression that the coils themselves feel pain or, co- or at least them being damaged causes Omega Red to feel pain. Peter obviously sees what's going on and he drops a tank on Omega Red. Yeah. Him and Storm would get along really well. Storm yep. drops. Drops buildings. Yeah. Yep. I thought it was Wolverine is like super dazed because he starts to get drained. And he's like, I don't want your help. Yeah. <laughs> it's like drunk Wolverine. It's the closest. Yeah. Because Wolverine can't get drunk, right? Because he regenerates. So this is the closest he gets to it. Yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that's why he wants to fight Omega Red. He's like, is, this is the closest thing to pain in life that I'll feel. I don't know. I'm reading too much into this. It's also why I'm not a writer for a show. And then that point is where Wolverine makes it very clear that him and Omega Red have a history to all the rest of the, the X-Men. He's yep. like, me and this dude, we go way back. Also, I haven't told you about any of this. It could have been useful if you had communicated. Well, when was he supposed to do that? <laughs> How, he had no point at what yeah. he was going to do. He had to throw the note on the floor and then hop into the jet. So we see that the Omega Red is essentially a copycat of the program that America did. And you literally see a Captain America poster on the wall in there's like the chamber where they created him and stuff like that. And you see a fight between Omega Red, Wolverine and <sighs> I'm going to get this wrong again. Maverick. Yes. Oh, wow. That was just a guess because I... Because <laughs> you messed it up last episode. I always forget. <laughs> well, Why do you hate Maverick? I don't hate Maverick. I just forgot him two out of the three times. Wait, so is it worth getting into what Maverick is or do we find out later? I don't remember if we find out later, so let's not spoil it. Okay, cool. Yep. Well, stay tuned if you want to find out who Maverick is because you'll be finding out with me yep. four weeks later. Yep. We've now mentioned Maverick at least three different episodes of the show, but he has never been called out by name. And then, you know, it was like, oh, well, you you beat him before so we could beat him again. And Wolverine says, well, we slowed him down and we got lucky. Yeah. So that 
it says something because Wolverine is usually pretty like cocky about this kind of thing, and and he's like, "Oh, this is going to be a problem." Yep. But in perfect timing, the Blackbird arrives. Yep. Uh, Storm, the- Rogue, and Gambit. Yeah. And they they proceed <laughs> to yell at Wolverine for not leaving a note, essentially. So once again, I want to see like you know the remember I mentioned before about like like Party Storm or whatever Weekend Storm. I kind of want to see this domestic version of the X-Men where they're at the X-Mansion, like, I don't know, eating lunch or whatever, and then Rogue notices a crumpled up piece of paper on the ground. She's like, what's this? This is just a domestic situation. We're like, fucking Wolverine. Again. And the sitcom music plays it. That's Wolvie. And then, dun, 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 you know, then they fly off. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> we still have one more episode to record today. But it, but they did acknowledge it. They're like, why, why the hell did you crumple up that note? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that was a horrible plan. We get the addition of Storm, Rogue, Gambit, Yell at Wolverine, Omega Red shows back up, talks about we need to fight for the empire that they gave away. Again, so much of the imperialism of the USSR and everything like that. And you could tell he is a single-minded weapon at this Mm -hmm. point. He he has, he doesn't have layers. I think that's a really important aspect of, Mm -hmm. of Omega Red is... Not to say that the character isn't deeper, but his motivations are so laser focused and he's going to do whatever he can. And that includes attacking innocent people. Mm -hmm. And when he tries to do that, all of a sudden you see a shield go up around the people and you realize that it's Darkstar. Yeah, which I wasn't really clear on her powers until then. It's a matter manipulation kind of. A little bit telekinesis, but there are dark aspects to it. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, because she she exhibits through this sequence like how much she can control it because she literally just reabsorbs into her hand at some point and back and forth. Anyway, yeah, so she's in, she kind of takes control of the situation. It's like, oh, you know, yo, dude, like yep. this wasn't the goal. Like we're not here to, you know, hurt this many people and stuff. Like we're, we're just trying to reclaim, some, you know, in her mind, they're just trying to reclaim right. something that was theirs. That is still, you know, debatable. But at that point, you know, she, she doesn't want to hurt people. She just wants to like, have like a mission of yeah. getting reclaiming land and stuff. Right. She she starts to realize that it is a mission of the, what she referred to as the old generals. And you could tell that she has started to change her path in, in this. And that's when we start to see more tanks pop up. I wrote down Storm 2, Tanks 1. <laughs> and Dark Star continues to protect Colossus and all the people that are with them from the tanks, the laser tanks. Yep. So in this fight with the X-Men confronting Omega Red, Omega Red starts to absorb some of Rogue's life force, which I thought would get cooler, but didn't really go much past him just kind of taking her life No, because he's very much a, a leech with his power. Yeah. And, and then Wolverine kind of takes a literal swipe at Omega Red. And I thought that the reaction that Omega Red had meant that he got cut, but he was like, oh, no, you thought you could cut through my... And was it Carbomanium name armor? Yep. Okay, I'm not familiar with this one. This is stronger than Adamanium, I guess? It is, according to Marvel Fandom's wiki, a resilient radioactive material that is stronger than steel, but more malleable and cheaper than Adamantium. Sure. It radioactive armor, soft radioactive armor. Due to its malleability, Carbonadium is less durable than true adamantium, but is nearly indestructible. Is it like Kevlar? Yeah, let's go with it's Kevlar. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and it was, it was just an interesting little shout out to that because I don't remember them coming back to that, but maybe it will. Find out with us if you keep listening. Then Darkstar 
suggests that Storm, because she's like, oh, you control the weather. She just caught on to this. And she's like, you can freeze Omega. And well, because his... He's he's drained Rogue, yeah. and he starts draining Wolverine. And then that's when Darkstar realizes Storm's power. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we need to imprison him in the deepest cold. So my note here was, cold being a weakness of your living weapon seems to be a huge design flaw for a weapon living in Russia. I would agree with that sentiment. <laughs> that's his weakness? Yep. <laughs> because she doesn't even do like a like an ice beam or something or whatever. It's like, she just makes it generally cold in the area. Cause like you start seeing like snowfall stuff and Omega Red's like, oh, it feels cold. I was like, yeah, cause you're in fucking Russia. Yeah. But Colossus realizes what's going on and he proceeds to grapple with Omega Red and he shouts to take them both. Yeah. So he's willing to, to sacrifice himself, especially, you know, knowing that his sister and family is, is at risk. Storm starts, you know, super freezing everything. And Darkstar at the last minute pulls Colossus out of there. Yeah, and Storm has a little animation glitch. Yeah. Her eyes shift down to the bottom of her face. (laughs) I don't know, maybe that's part of her power set. She can move her eyes. It is not one of her powers. (laughs) And then Darkstar stops the general. Yep, Darkstar captures the generals and they say, you know, we're free for now from their night of terror. The episode ends up with Colossus being invited again to join the X-Men and he rejects the offer a second time. At that point, the X-Men, especially Wolverine, should be like, all right, I get the hint. You lied to me once. <laughs> Your sister's not in America. We're going to chalk <laughs> that up to a creative decision changed. I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't an intentional lie. See, in my in my head, Colossus is just like, what can I tell him he's going to get off his back? I don't live here. I don't live in New York. I no. live here. Yeah. And it ends with, you know, Colossus kind of giving a, a feel-good moment of like, well, you know, we're going to make it through because we have friends like the X-Men. Yeah. Love was the answer i don't know so some important stuff to talk about this was incredibly topical in 1993 we had just seen the the berlin wall fall Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of turmoil going on specifically within that area and it was a story about the people who were caught in the crossfire you know represented by colossus's village and family and such the specific phrasing was the crumbling drum of Soviet imperialism, which was something that they wanted to, you know, address at that point. Another great historical reference is they talk about the fact that they had locked up Omega Red for 25 years imprisoned Mm -hmm. in the cold that lined up nearly perfectly with the Warsaw Pact, which was, you know, the disarmament of certain weapons and, and such for it. So it was It was well thought out. It wasn't just a random number decided. And then they viewed Omega Red as a less sympathetic version of Wolverine. Oh. Yeah. I guess I could kind of... uh, I I could see that up to the point where, like you said, he doesn't have layers. Mm Mm-hmm. And at least Wolverine has like a complicated past, even if he's kind of an asshole sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think what we're going to talk about in in the next episode is so much of of Wolverine's past that, you know, looking at that is you see somebody who was designed to be a weapon. And this is somebody who just embraced that weaponry Mm -hmm. or weapon... Trying to no, that's that's not a word. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm, try, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of actual phraseology that is appropriate here, and I can't come up with it. Let's just rewind that to somebody who is embracing the fact that he is a weapon in in just choosing violence. Yeah, and now watching this when I'm older, I can see that Omega Red is pretty clearly, I feel like, like a cautionary tale of being too dogmatic yeah. about things. If it, 
historically, try to put this in general terms as possible, and even in your personal lives, I think most people know that kind of person that's like very one track minded and doesn't adapt to the big picture. And you see that here when Omega Red's like, you know, former cohorts yeah. are like, uh, you're taking this too far. And pretty early on, like, yeah. it's like he's he's freed from that giant ice capsule thing, which once again, horrible design flaw for a weapon you're going to have in Russia. And then it seems like moments later, Darkstar is like, hey, 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 calm down, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I will say from from the times where I have read Darkstar as a character, there was actually a really recent Winter Guard series kind of spinning off of some of the Red Guardian and Yelena stories mm. from Black Widow and such. Darkstar is very proud of her nation, but she doesn't fall into an evil category. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's pretty obvious that Omega Red definitely does. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't have the same moral quandaries that, that you would see somebody with Dark Star have. So I only have a I remember Omega Red being like a favorite of my brothers when we were kids because especially his action figure was really badass. So I'm not really familiar with his backstory. Just like in general historically, was he once human or like humanoid-ish and got turned into this like Wolverine? Did is that that's what I got from the storyline? So I've not ever formally read his origin story, but Omega Red is a mutant. The reason you know he's a mutant is if you go off of modern comic storytelling with the island of Krakoa, you have to be a mutant to be a resident of the island. Okay, and he is invited to become a resident of it. The whole moral quandaries of Omega Red separate conversation, but he is a mutant. And within Russia in the Marvel comics, there are people who are utilizing, like I said, even with the Winter Guard, you know, they are seeing what is happening in other countries and preparing their own line of heroes, soldiers, defenses, whatever you want to call them. So gotcha. Yeah, because I guess I just I realized like I had hadn't ever seen like a before Omega Red or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and stuff. He just seems really extreme to have like Come out of the womb like that, you know? <laughs> I mean, the coils are up are additions. He, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was not he didn't start that way. Yeah, that's got that was kind of the vibe I got from like, you know, kind of like how Wolverine skeleton was something that was enhanced later. Yep. So I assume that there's various aspects, especially the technological things Omega Red were enhanced yeah. after the fact. It was just he doesn't if I remember correctly, he doesn't really come up a whole lot more at least in a major way through the series and stuff. So I just never really had that much more background with him, except for like some of the fighting games for X-Men and, and yep. the action figure. But I, I believe there are three more appearances of Omega Red. I don't remember exactly how much of an extent it was. Mm-hmm. The only reason I know that is we were originally going to have a guest on this episode. Unfortunately, there was a scheduling conflict and he in particular wanted to pop on a Omega Red episode. And I looked to see how many there were and it, <laughs> There, there are four where he is listed in the credits. Okay, so, no. cool. We'll have that guest on then. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah. Also, we're, we're planning on having guests. Half of it is scheduling, and part of it is John not having COVID anymore. And the other part is me figuring out how to record three people. So They're called the, microphones, those, Rod. Yeah. <laughs> but when those things combine... We will have guests here. Thank you for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or the official Instagram post about this episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. I would personally prefer a five-star rating, but I'm not going to force you to do anything. Right. But those are helpful, especially with an Apple podcast. Ratings are so important to how podcasts get discovered. So appreciate that. You can find us on said Apple podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and everybody stay safe.